Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Go with me now. Let's dive into the Revival Sermon Series. We're wrapping up this series. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to preach in a bit of a different bend today. I've got a different approach to my sermon. Um, but I, I was trying to figure out what more can I say about revival. And the truth is, I have a lot to say. Like, like we could probably stay on this topic for all of 2023, but we've got other things that we need to dive into as well. So what I'm going to try to do is condense some things in here and, 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 and hopefully leave you with something that you can take home. What I'm going to do is present the material in a way where not everything is going to hit home with you, but there may be something that hits home with you. Does that make sense? And so what I want you to do is grab the thing that you feel like, ah, that, that right there, that's what I needed to hear. And grab that thing and, and, and pray about how God would want you to live that out because it's not just hearing the word of God. It's, it's really applying and living the word of God. Amen, somebody? So we got to live it out. And so grab what's really pertinent to you. And I uh, got a lot to cover, but I believe this is going to be a great way to end this series. So let's read Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 41. Uh, everybody say Peter. He, he's the guy we're going to be talking a whole lot about today. We're going to be talking about Peter, okay? So this is Peter's very, very first sermon and he, that he preaches. And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call Many with other words, he, I'm sorry, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, about 3,000. Everybody say 3,000. 3,000 were added to their number that day. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought that I am calling a lifestyle of revival a lifestyle of revival. Hey, let me pray for you one last time. We're just going to pray as we bless the word and dive in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would speak to us from your word. We thank you for everyone that is here. We thank you for our dream team that's set up and in spite of the elements we're making church happen today, we bless them, Lord God. And I just pray, God, that now as we get ready to hear your word, that we would open up our hearts and that our spirits would be receptive to what you want to say to us, to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands, everybody. You may be seated. Let's talk about... A lifestyle of revival. You know, for those who don't know, I got three little kids, and they happen to be here today again. We don't normally have our kids in here, so it's kind of rad to have them here in the room with me. But we got my youngest son, Jackson. He's seven years old. My nine-year-old, um, Jude. And my soon-to-be 13-year-old. Come on, you guys got to pray for your pastor. I'm about to have a teenager on my hands. Like, like in two weeks, he's going to be a teenager. And if you're wondering, like, how could you have a teenager? Well, I was 12 when we had him, okay? It was legal where I come from. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Um, but nonetheless, um, my son is soon to be 13 years old. So that's the makeup of my family. And, and, and why I say that is what I love about my three little boys is they're always asking me questions. Uh, my, my middle child just started baseball. He's, he's been playing football for like the last uh, three years, but he's like, I want to give baseball a shot. So he, he just had his first baseball practice yesterday. And, and the buildup to all of this was like, Dad, 
Did you used to play baseball? Yes, son, I used to play baseball. Dad, were you any good? Son, I was incredible. <laughs> how many of you dads always exaggerate how good you used to be? I know I'm not alone. It's like, like the, the, and, and the more time passes, the better you used to be. For some reason, you keep getting better. Keep getting better. But anyway, like, yeah, I was great, son. And then my, my youngest guy, Jackson, he likes playing roller hockey. I did, I did something really fun. You remember when, when the pandemic first hit and it was like 16 days to flatten the curve, whatever they were saying at that time. And, and you know, we all complied. We locked ourselves up. Well, one of the things that I thought was going to be genius, and I love it. I don't regret it one bit, was I made my boys watch all the cool movies from, like, my generation. So I made them watch The Mighty Ducks. Come on, how you remember the Mighty Ducks? Like, like the real one, you know, Charlie Banks, you know? And so um, I, made, I made my boys watch the Mighty Ducks, and they got into roller hockey as a result. So like my son Jackson's like, Dad, do you play roller hockey? Yeah, son. Dad, were you any good? The, the best, son. I mean, had a scholarship. Didn't. I mean, you know, just kidding. But it was like, I'm always, like, telling them. And, and it's, it's as funny as that is, it, it, it makes me reflect on, like, all these different seasons of my life. Like, the season when I played baseball and the season when I played roller hockey. Earlier this week, someone posted, and, and, I, and I, I, you're going to learn this real quick about me. I'm a 90s kid, you know. Uh, how many other 90s people we got in the tent today? Come on, make some noise if you were, like, in high school in the 90s or college, you know what I mean? So, uh Someone shared something and it was like, it was a post, like one of those carousel posts. And as you scrolled, you would see different snippets of music videos from the 90s. Oh, I got so much nostalgia after watching that. Because, you know, I grew up on Lauryn Hill. I grew up on the Fugees. Come on, somebody. I grew up on TLC. Don't be chasing waterfalls, somebody. You know, don't be going chasing them waterfalls. How about, and, and then Bone Thugs and Harmony. I admit, I liked Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know. I, I, someone, someone said to me, man, it's the Bone Thugs and Harmony for me. I told them, listen, I still play first of the month on the first of the month. <laughs> Come on, you don't even know what I'm talking about? I still play the first of the month. On, it's like you have to play first of the month on the first of the month. And if you're like, what is he talking about? Well, come catch my story on the first of the month because I'm going to put it on the gram. It's like, you need to know about the first of the month. So anyway, where, where I'm going with all of that is we change, right? We go through these seasons. We're, we're in this season, and then we're in this season, and then we're in this season. And, and it's really no different from the people in the scriptures. And we're looking at Peter because what I love about Peter is we see Peter before Christ. We see Peter during Christ, and then we see Peter after Christ. And, and, and I love this body of work, and, and we see all of Peter's life up and to the point that he is tragically martyred for his faith. He, he's killed for following the ways and the teachings of Jesus. But, but we're, we're diving into Peter because I think what we see with Peter is he lived a lifestyle of revival. He, he lived a lifestyle of revival, and, and, and there are different markers about him that, like I said, some of it's going to, you're going to hear it, and you're like, okay, that's cool, and there's going to be other things you're like, man, I resonate with that. that. That makes sense to me, and you should take that and live that out for your life, but we're going to look at these different markers of Peter's life. Now, now when I say he lived a lifestyle of revival, you, you began to see Peter step into this after Jesus ascended back into heaven, so Jesus is crucified, resurrects from the grave, and he's on earth for about 40 days and then he ascends into heaven and that's when Peter steps into his moment because when Peter was with Christ the best way that I can describe Peter when he was being mentored by Jesus I can describe him as being inconsistent everybody say inconsistent 
And, and if we're honest with ourselves, we've all been inconsistent at times, right? We, we, we've all over-promised and under-delivered. We, we said we'd do something. We didn't do it. We wanted to do something, and it didn't happen. And so Peter was, was inconsistent. Let, let, me, let me just give you a couple of moments in his lifestyle to try to, in his life to try to demonstrate this. Peter walked on water with Jesus. Do you guys remember that moment in the Bible? Jesus is walking on the water, and then Peter's like, let me come. Jesus is like, come on and walk on the water with me. And that's a great high moment. But then there was another moment when Jesus was talking to his disciples about his plans and and the future. And Peter tried to get real real brave with Jesus. Now, what did Jesus say to Peter? I rebuke you. Get behind me. Wait a second. The same guy that was walking on water, Jesus is like, I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. He called Peter Satan. So if you're wondering, like, like, did Peter always get it right? No. Like one moment he's walking on water, the next moment Jesus is like, hey, Satan, get behind me. So, so that lets you know this guy was inconsistent. There was another moment where, where, where Peter had, was having an intimate moment with Jesus. Jesus said, Peter, Satan wants to sift you, but I've prayed that your faith won't fail you. Like, like what a moment that he's having with Jesus. This, Jesus is looking into his eyes and, 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 and telling him, like, I've, I've prayed for you. Could you imagine if Jesus said, I've prayed for you? Like, this ain't your spouse or the guy in your connect group. Like, this is Jesus saying, but I've prayed for you. Like, wow, that, that's, that's deep. That, that resonates. And, and in that moment, you know, could Peter's like, wow, Jesus is praying for me. But then, like, a few hours later, just a few hours later, they come to arrest Jesus, which was all part of the plan, and Peter grabs the sword of, of one of the soldiers, and he's whacking the ear off of the soldier, and it's like, Peter, just a few minutes ago, you and Jesus were like having this moment. Now you're going gangster on everybody, like swinging swords, and what happened, Peter? But, but that was Peter. He was inconsistent. He had some highs and he had some lows. And yet he gives us these incredible markers of what a lifestyle of revival looks like. So let's dive into it. And the first one is this. And I know it's going to sound real preachy, but let me break it down. When we live a lifestyle of revival, our biggest setbacks become our greatest setups. Our biggest setbacks become our greatest setups. What do I mean by that? When, when, when you go through life, you are going to have setbacks. How you respond to it really is a marker of, do you follow Jesus? Do you believe in Christ? Are you believing um, for a lifestyle of revival? Let, let's go back to Peter, okay? Because Peter, Jesus was talking with Peter and tells Peter, hey, Peter, three times before the morning, you're going to deny me. This is right before Jesus is crucified. Peter's like, that ain't going to happen. I'm your ride or die. I'm with you till the very end. Well, Jesus gets arrested. Peter's hanging around at a bonfire in Jerusalem. And a 12-year-old little girl sees Peter. And she's like, you're one of them Jesus followers. And what does Peter do? Denies Christ. And, and how many times does he deny Christ? Three times. And then the Bible says after he denied Christ the third time, he went to hide and cry. Listen, Peter was a sailor, a burly fisherman. And this 12-year-old little girl so rattled Peter that he went to go find a place where he could cry. I call this Peter at his lowest moment. You know how people say, I want to be the best version of myself. You ever heard anyone use that language? Like 2023, let me be the best version of myself. This was the worst version of Peter. Like this couldn't get any lower for Peter. And yet, Instead of letting that define who he would be, 
I read to you in, in, in the scripture just a few moments ago, Peter's very first sermon. Because here's what would happen. Even though that was a huge setback for him, on the day that the church was born and somebody needed to preach, and I, I can imagine all of the apostles kind of looking like John's like, hey, who's going to preach? You know, and, and Peter's like, I, I mean, I'll preach if you don't want to preach. And then you got Matthew over there. He's like, hey, maybe you should preach. Peter, you're very outspoken. I think you should preach. Like, like this, this, all this like deciding who's going to be the preacher. Guess who stands up? Peter. And, and, and this is the same Peter who just a few minutes ago said, I don't follow Jesus. This is the same Peter that said, I don't know Jesus. This is the same Peter who was like, I was never with him. And now in the moment when they needed someone to step up, it was Peter who stepped up. And, 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 and when you have the faith to believe that God can use you in spite of your past, if you have faith to believe that your, your, your past and your failures are not final, they do not define you, but your best days are ahead of you, you've got a lifestyle of revival in your life. Because listen, we're all going to go through hard times. Amen, Lighthouse? Come on, how many of you ever had some hard things that you've had to go through? How many of you had to survive some setbacks? Maybe your marriage didn't work out. Maybe there's some disappointment in your life. Maybe you're recovering from something. But let me tell you, as long as you are still going here today, God's got a plan for you. God's not done with you. And your setbacks can become great setups if you want to live that type of lifestyle of revival. So there goes Peter preaching. There goes Peter on the day of Pentecost, letting everyone know preaching. The Bible says, how many got baptized that day? 3,000. That's a pretty good sermon. He, he preached a pretty good sermon that day. And, and so a lifestyle, of remind, a lifestyle of revival, again, this might hit for some of you, a lifestyle of revival really is marked by we never let our setbacks become final. We see them as setups for what God wants to do. So here's the next thing, though. Revival demands my patience. Revival demands my patience. Everybody say patience. Now, we don't, we don't like that word patient, do we? Like, like in this fast food generation and culture, we don't like patience. Come on, raise your hand if you are impatient. Come on, be honest. I mean, I'm impatient. I'm in, I, I am impatient. I'm, not only am I impatient, but I'm such a dad that this, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a I'm going to give you a classic dad thing that I did just yesterday. I promised my little boys um, sausage McMuffins with eggs from McDonald's. Don't judge me, okay? They love that, all right? So, so we were at the baseball fields freezing at 8 a.m. yesterday because my son wants to play baseball. And they were, like, cold. And they're like, Dad, it's cold. And I said, okay, tell you what. I, I'm going to go take you to McDonald's and we'll get you some sausage McMuffins. Okay, I'm such a dad that when I pull up, I see, like, the drive through line is crazy. And I'm like, nah, we're going inside because I'm sure we can go inside, get the food faster than waiting in the drive through line. That's such a dad move, right? Like, like that, but that's me. Like, I'm impatient. I saw that line. I'm like, not today, devil. We're going inside. And I got in and out of there five minutes so anyway that's that's me so when I talk about impatience I'm also preaching to myself but 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 I want you to get this you cannot get ahead of God I'm gonna say that again because I need to really get in the grill of some of you impatient people do not get ahead of God If, if there's one thing that we are all guilty of is just getting out of sync with God because what I've learned from God is he'll respond to you in three ways. Yes, no, or wait. That's it. That, that's how he responds. Yes, no, or wait. 
I don't know if you've ever been to a church that ever told you that God will tell you no, but I'm telling you, sometimes the answer is no. I know you don't like hearing that, but he's our father, not a genie in the sky, okay? So, so sometimes he'll say no, but I cannot tell you how many times I've heard him just say, wait. The answer is yes, but wait. And I don't like waiting. Again, I'm the guy that wants to rush through McDonald's in the morning. I'm like, don't make me wait. But so many times God makes us wait because we are developed in the waiting. We're developed in the way. There's things that are birthed in us when we are waiting rather than him just giving it to us. There are things that are birthed in us when we have to just stop and say, you know what, God? We're going to do this on your time, not on my time. We're going to do this on your calendar, not on my calendar. We are going to wait for you. Now, let me give you some scripture. I'm thankful for this tent right now, and I know it's going to hold up. It's hard for me to preach and act like it's not happening, but it's happening. But we're going to be all right. (laughs) Acts 1 and 4. Acts 1 and 4. Acts 1 and 4. All right, this is a... It says, on one occasion, while Jesus was eating with his disciples, I know it says he and them, but I want to give you who he and them is. While Jesus is eating with his disciples, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but... Everybody say it with me. Wait. Wait. Let's do it one more time. But... Wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. Jesus is telling them, wait. They, listen, sometimes God just says, wait. And we don't like to wait. Let me explain this to you. When Jesus is saying this, he's talking to 500 people. He's saying to them, wait. Now let's fast forward to the next verse, chapter 2, verse 1 and Two, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and it filled the house where everybody was sitting. When Jesus said, wait, he was talking to 500. When you get here in scripture, everybody say 120. That's how many people waited. Okay, listen, he told 500, wait, how many waited? 120. How many people left? I, 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 know it's, I know it's Sunday morning. You don't want to do math. 380, right? Like they, they, they are like, we're not waiting. We're leaving. And here's what happened. God filled everybody in that upper room with the gift of the Holy Spirit, but the majority could not wait. And, and that's why I say most people just can't wait on God. But a lifestyle of revival says, I'm not getting ahead of God. I'm going to move at his pace. I refuse to let my impatience to hijack God's plans for me. That's why we've been on 21 days of prayer and fasting. So shout out. Come on, let's make some noise to everybody that's been fasting. I think the most of our church has been fasting. Fasting is telling our body no, right? Fasting tells our body no, you're not in charge. And I think it's one of those disciplines that tells us we're going to wait. I could tell you last night, my wife was already planning her, her dessert for today. So, so we already know where we're going after church to break this fast. But we waited. Because last night, we, you know, last night was a challenge. She said, I'm craving Peterson's. I'm like, I can be back in 15 minutes. How many like the donuts at Peterson's? Come on, some. But we wait. Why? Because we're not going to get ahead of God. All right, here's the third thing. My availability is my opportunity. My availability 
is my opportunity. What does that mean, Pastor Josh? Here's what it means, is that when you are available to God, he's going to bring opportunities your way. When you are available, everybody say available. available. When you are available to God, he will bring opportunities your way. The problem is many of us are not available to God. We, we do, we, we, we're just not available. There's, there's a saying, it's a quote, it's not in the Bible, but it's a pretty cool principle. It says, luck is what happens when opportunity meets the prepared. Have you ever heard of that? People are like, oh, they're just lucky. No, they were prepared and the opportunity came around. And, and what you call luck was opportunity meeting preparedness. The same way in God, I believe that when we are available to God, he will bring people our way. Let me give you a scripture for it. Acts 3 and 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Let me give you the rest of the story. It's, it's long. I didn't want to have every verse on the screen. But as they went up to pray at the temple in the afternoon, everybody say, at the time of prayer. That means there was a set time for prayer every day and Peter and John went because this was their custom. They had a regular rhythm of meeting with God. And I have found that when you have regular appointments with God, he'll show up. He, he, he'll just show up. When you have a regular... Now, I'm not talking about I pray for my food. <laughs> we all do that, right? Pray for my food. You know, we, we pray for a short TSA check-in line. You know what I mean? Like, like there's certain things. Like, we, we pray, right? You're running on empty and you're praying you make it to the gas station. I'm not talking about that type of No, I'm talking about you have a regular appointment where you meet with God. I have found that he will create opportunities for people like that. And because Peter and John had this regular rhythm of prayer, they were about to encounter God. Let me give you two sub points. Why? Because number one, prayer positions us to hear from God. And number two, my, avail my availability to God is in the times that I say yes to him. So, so when I have said yes to prayer, when I have said yes to fasting, when I have said yes to devotion, when I have said yes to meeting with him, when I've said, said yes to God, I have found God will send incredible moments our way when we've said yes to him. When we've said yes to him. Let me take you to the seconds of the last one, and I'm going to wind this down now. Write this down. God's approval over man's approval. When you are living a lifestyle of revival, you are always seeking God's approval over man's approval. And, and, and what I mean by that is there are times when these are in conflict. When what you want, what people want from you is different than what God wants from you. They'll, they'll, they'll be in conflict. And, and let, let me just, can I please just reteach you something really quick? God's word has not changed. It, it, it's just not changed. It's, it's unchanging. And, and what I love about our, our Bible college that we have here is we're teaching this and going through this together, but, but this word has been intact for thousands. Everybody say thousands. Thousands of years. Do you want to know what changes faster than you can keep track of? Culture. The world we live, it changes. I mean, I was up here like, telling you about the hits and you were like the Fugees. Who are the Fugees? Who's TLC? What do you mean Bone Thugs in Harmony? That sounds terrible. It is kind of a terrible name, but like, like, like fads change. Like, like, like things change and, and God does not change. Like, like God does not change. And that's what I love is that, that sometimes 
If you want to tether yourself to a changing world, you will have to, you'll constantly be shifting and moving and, 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 and circling up. Why? Because the world is constantly changing. You want to know how funny the change can be sometimes? One time I was at Zara trying to buy some jeans and I was looking at the different fits of jeans, right? And, and they have interesting fits of jeans. And, and this jean, it said, this is the 1990 slim fit. Guys, there was nothing slim in the 90s, okay? I don't know if you, some of you are like, what is he talking about? Like, the pants were this big in the 90s, okay? And so it was funny because the cut of the jean was called 1990s slim, which meant it was baggy. But I love the language. It's like, it was funny to me because it's so indicative of our culture. You know what I mean? Like, like, like this baggy jeans. Like, do you guys remember that? How do y'all remember that? Like, like the baggier, the better. You know what I mean? And then some people were wild. They wore their clothes backwards. There it is. Thank you, Omar. See, I got, my, I, I got my 90s guys right here, and they just going with me. I mean, we, we didn't just wear baggy pants, but, like, we wore them backwards. Pray for your parents, kids. I know you. They're like, what is wrong with them? My dad was weird. But this, the, the thing is, because this world is changing, man's approval is changing. And you got to tether yourself to something. And what I'm trying to tell you is you need to tether yourself to God's word. Because that does not change. I think about this time in Peter's life. Again, we're talking about Peter. Here's another marker. Peter was arrested for preaching the gospel. They said, Peter, keep on preaching. We're going to keep on arresting you. And, and this is what Peter said as he was speaking up to the men who arrested him. But Peter and the apostles answered and said, it is necessary that we obey God rather than men. It, it is necessary that we obey God. I'm not saying you got to be mean about it. I'm not saying you got to have a bad attitude about it. I'm not telling you to send people to hell. Do not do that. You are not their judge. I'm not telling you to become a nasty Christian. No, ain't nobody got time for that. That's not who we are. But you can say, sorry, sir, but my allegiance is to King Jesus. So, sorry, I can't do that. That goes against my God. And that goes against my love and my devotion too. So there are some times in life where you're going to have to say, I, I, I know this is what the world is saying, but, but not so in my house. I know the world is saying that we're going to normalize this, but, but, but not so in my house. I, I know the world is trying to say, you must accept this. You can accept it. But I'm going to lovingly, that's a key word, lovingly push back and say, I, I can't do that. Because I desire to please God more than I desire to please man. Come on, somebody give God praise for that. Desire to please God. And here's the last one. A lifestyle of revival is a prophetic lifestyle. Everybody say prophetic. It's the last thing and we're going to be done. A lifestyle of revival is a prophetic lifestyle. What that means. And again, I, if we had time, I, each every little point could have been a sermon. A whole sermon itself today. But prophetic simply means God will give you a word. God might speak directly to you. God, see, God is talking to you, and he will give you a word about your future. That's what's called a prophetic word. He'll give you a word about your future if you will listen. And, and when we live according to a lifestyle of revival, we are constantly listening to what he is saying. And, and when God gives a prophetic word, it has the ability to change the world or sometimes someone's world. Sometimes God will give you a world in it, a word. It's not going to change the world. But if you speak that word over someone, it'll change their world. It'll change their world. I'll never forget. Um, when I graduated high school, um, 
I was in the music big time. Did not think I'd be doing this today, okay? Did not think I'd be pastoring a church. I was into music. And I'm not exaggerating. That was good, okay? <laughs> no exaggeration. I'm being honest, okay? Um, but, but when I graduated high school, I thought I would do what Stephen and Mike do. I was like, I'm going to be, we didn't have the language. We didn't call it music director, but like, yeah, yeah, you're just in charge, whatever. Okay. So like, that's what I thought I was going to do. I even started taking classes. I was in college, 17 years old, taking classes in college for audio engineering and production because I was really honing in on this. And, uh, this is what I was going to do. You can come up and, 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 um, I'll never forget that our, our youth group was going to camp at the same camp that our youth group grows to. Come on, shout out to all the, the Lighthouse students here. I went to that camp before you did, okay? <laughs> but anyway, we were having camp up there. And um, because I was the music director, I drove my mom's minivan. Come on, shout out to all the moms with the minivans, you know? I drove my mom's minivan with all of the equipment, all the musical equipment for the camp. That was my job. I took all the sound equipment, took all the drums with me, and my mom, this is another 90s reference, sorry, you're getting all of it, but she drove one of those Toyota Previa minivans. Do you guys remember those? They basically look like an egg on wheels. Now you know what I'm talking about. That van looked like an egg on wheels. I was driving my mom's egg on wheels up to camp. I was all into it. I was gonna, like music was gonna be it for me. Like I was gonna be the best drummer. I was gonna play for all of the Christian recording artists. This is who I was gonna be. But at that camp, God spoke a prophetic word over my life and it had nothing to do with music. It, it had nothing to do with music. A man came, laid hands on me, told me what God's plan was for my life. And in that moment, I'm like, wait a second, what about the music? And that's when I said, you can't get ahead of God. I, I was already thinking about what was in my future. And God's like, but that's not what I have for you. And God gave me a prophetic word. I'm 17 years old hearing a prophetic word from God about my future. And it radically changed me. And I think about this for a second. I had a choice. I could obey the word of God and go in the direction he tells me to go. Or I can go in a different direction. But if I go in a different direction, I'm probably not a pastor. If I go in a different direction, there may not be a Lighthouse Church North County here today. That's what I mean, that a prophetic word can change somebody's world. But, but, but I made a decision then that I'm going to run to the voice of God. I'm going to follow this prophetic word over my life. And I'd like to think that that yes paved the way to everything that is happening here today. Because God can get a hold of someone who's 17 years old. You might be thinking, oh, but Pastor Josh, I mean, like, I'm 80. Yeah, okay, does God still speak to the older folks? God speaks to anyone who listens. He told Abram at 90 years old, you're going to have a kid. And I know that sounds wild, and I don't got time to get into that message, but it's in the book of Genesis, all right? And you can see how that story ends. But as long as you're willing to listen, God will talk to you. And God will bring a prophetic word that will so change your life that you have no idea what it will do to a region, to a congregation, to people that come after you. So that's why I've learned to just give God my yes. I, I, I'll never know how far we'll go, but when I see you all, I think about 17-year-old Josh who said yes. 17-year-old Josh who all I wanted to do was play the drums. All I wanted to do was make music. All I wanted to do was get into production. But God spoke something different over my life.
and I made a decision to go with God. I made a decision to give him my availability. I made a decision to be patient with him. Because listen, he spoke to me that word when I was 17 years old. I didn't, my wife and I together did not launch this church until I was 38 years old. 21 years after that word came. Don't get ahead of God, Lighthouse Church. There were opportunities when I felt like I should go, but God never told me to go. And it wasn't until I was 38 years old and I was kind of like, well, God, couldn't you have done this in my 20s? I had more energy, you know? This church planting stuff is hard. But at 38 years old, that's when he said, now you can go. Why? Because in the waiting, he was developing me. And I'm so thankful I waited because truthfully, you all got a better version of Josh. 25-year-old Josh, not as good as 38-year-old Josh. I'm just saying, all right? And that's not an exaggeration, all right? But like the waiting produced so much growth in me and so again there's all these markers of revival there's all these markers of what a lifestyle of revival looks like what is the one thing God is leading you to do right now I gave you five I would hope something in there hits but but that's my question to you all what is God leading you to do and the next thing I'm going to tell you to do is do that do that do you know what discipleship is it's your next step of obedience so what's the one thing God is calling you to do do that take that next step of obedience take that next step of it for some of you that's just coming to church on Sundays like 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 we see you Christmas and Easter and when it rains apparently well just let's like just come on back you know what I mean maybe for some of you we're going to start connect groups next week you need to join a small group that's what he's telling you to do maybe for some of you need to join on the dream team so you can come help us set up in the rain too all right so it's like like come join it's like like whatever God is calling you to do do that just do that thing that next step of obedience can really change your world and has the potential to change someone else's world. Let me pray over you right there where you're at. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads if you're able to? I'm just going to pray over you and then we'll make our final call. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for everyone that is here and I thank you, God, for just being able to get through this service. It's been a fun one with the rain, God. But you're here and your presence is right now in this moment speaking to everyone that is here. I thank you, God, for everyone that is here that either calls this church their home or maybe this is their first time here i just pray that as i've spoken that they would have all heard exactly what you needed for them to hear and now god that they would respond and now father that they would take that next step of obedience to step into that lifestyle of revival that i believe you want for us so i pray over every marriage pray over every home pray over all of our children that is in this place Father, we bless everyone that is here. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's all stand up on our feet right now. Like I said, there's one call that I wanted to make. And um, we've been in prayer for 21 days, prayer and fasting. And the way that we're going to end our time together is if you prayed and fasted with us, or maybe you didn't even pray and fast with us the entire time, but you really want prayer, I'm going to invite you to come on up to this altar. I'm going to ask my pastors that are here, all of our Lighthouse pastors, would you come? Because what we want to do and what I love about having all of the kids here is mom and dad, you don't get this very often. Bring your kids and come and pray. And uh, you have an opportunity to join your kids here at this altar. And we're just going to pray together as a family. There's no magic at this altar. It's just simply a way for you to take a step of faith and to come have a conversation with Jesus. But would you come, again, pastors that are here, would you come help me pray? There's a whole lot of people and I can't do it all on my own. So if I can get some of our pastors that are here to come and help me pray. But we're gonna turn in our fast at this time. 
I want you to stay here for as long as you need to stay here. Pray as long as you want to pray. And for those of you that got to go, we love you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next Sunday, hopefully without the rain, and we'll run it back. But let's go into worship, and let's just turn this time over to Jesus. God bless you all. Have a great rest of your day. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.